Moika! Welcome to Mastering Finland. This podcast shares stories of foreigners in Finland and provides practical tips and learning opportunities for all. Go ahead, join our community and enjoy listening to this episode. For more information, check our website masteringfinland.com. Hey everyone, Matt here. Welcome back to Mastering Finland. The previous episode was part one of this interview with William Couch, Public Affairs Officer at the U.S. Embassy in Helsinki. And this episode is going to be part two because we had so much uh, great conversation that we decided to break it into two episodes. So if you haven't listened to part one, go back and listen to that. But now we'll just continue where we left off. Now, of course, we here in Finland have just been voted the happiest country in the world for the fifth time in a row, which usually confuses most Finns. Like, what, huh? But, you know, as an American living here, I certainly see a lot of great aspects of the Finnish culture that I I think really does speak to the reason why people feel content here if not so much more truly happy, um, at the very least content. And so I, I wanted to ask you what, do you, what aspects of Finnish culture do you think the United States should consider adopting? You know, Matt, this idea of the happiest country on earth, I think this has been discussed by Finns uh, internationally, too, because uh, I think if an American came over, if you're expecting to see people walking around chuckling and laughing and smiling all the time, that's not my experience necessarily. Right. I'm feeling the they're too they're a little too reserved for that kind of behavior, if you would. So to me, I understand the the, the index and the measurements. I can understand definitely why the Scandinavian, uh, Northern European countries, some of them are are performing well on that, and and, and uh, it's definitely true. But I think it's more accurate, at least from my experience, to say that the Finns are very content people. Uh, so very satisfied and content. And if that means happy, yeah, you know, you don't have to be uh, yucking it up and, and just jovial kind of uh, attitude everywhere you go. But they feel secure. It seems like they have a good uh, work-life balance, definitely. So as far as what the U.S. could adopt, I mean, this may sound a little bit silly, but one thing that I really am trying to do more while I'm here is just be outside. And this coming from someone who grew up in Alabama, and uh, especially in my youth, I used to spend a lot more time outside. And the fans are really good at that. And just be, regardless of the weather, go outside, you know, be outside, spend time with nature. Um, there's just science out there that shows that that's just that's good for your health-wise, good for your, your mental and physical health. So that, that's one thing we could aspire to. It's always dangerous when you say, hey, what can we do? I saw a lot of this in, in, during my career, uh, previous career and this career of educators going around the planet trying to figure out what's the model. And a lot of people come to Finland, for example, saying, what's the Finnish model? Why are the Finnish kids scoring so high on tests and what are they doing? What's the magic here? Okay, well, let's copy that and take that back you know, to the United States or let's take that back to wherever. That's always dangerous. So anytime people say, hey, how can we be more like this other place? Some of those things don't translate, right? Some of those things just don't work. Some of those things work in a place because of the unique cultural milieu that exists there, um, yeah. and, and they might not they might not work. That model might not work somewhere else. We we should have learned that in the 20th century, I think. You know, the United States spent a lot of time going around the world and saying, "Oh, nope, you don't 
That's not how you should be. This isn't the crop you should be growing in this country. Let me show you how you could do this and you could grow this crop and make more money. And, and, and failure after failure, you know, yeah. uh, <laughs> you just you have to kind of understand, which maybe brings this conversation full circle. Right, Matt, being in a place, understanding, listening uh, to, to people who are there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm really encouraged recently. Our government's doing a. a doing a much better job. And I think it's, this is something throughout Europe also. And I, I see here in Helsinki listening to indigenous peoples, for example. Yeah. Um, you know, indigenous peoples are oftentimes, you know, they're, they're, they're outnumbered and, and someone comes in from the outside and we're going to, we're going to put in a, you know, a highway or a railroad, or we're going to, we're going to do this. It's going to improve your life. And we're doing a better job now, I think of slowing down and listening and seeing what works in a place and what are the issues in that place? And, you know, take the time to, you know, not be so presumptive to say, well, I'm going to copy this or copy that. Or yeah. here's here's what worked, you know, in, in country A. Let's just let's try to recreate that in, in country C and, and expect, you know, similar results. We can all learn from each other. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but it does need to be two way. And um, and we we definitely we don't need to just wait our turn we need to actually listen yeah it's not just giving those those like indigenous people a voice it's listening to that voice and really uh taking into account what they're saying exactly uh well i mean with with your response to that answer it almost seems silly to ask my next question which would be (laughs) do you think that finland could take anything from American culture and apply it to their, I mean, more so than they already have with the pop culture and everything. But is there anything about American culture that you think could help the overall Finnish culture? I don't know. You're trying to set me up, get me in trouble there. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) No, I, you know, one thing the United States does well is we, I mean, we take things and, and this, Every every human culture does this forever through time. But when you bring two different cultures together, they kind of mix. Oftentimes that mix is is, is really good, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, we were talking about travel. The first time I went to Italy, I was so looking forward to having an authentic Italian pizza. And I was kind of disappointed, honestly, um, because Americans have done a lot with pizza. You can't even call it pizza, right? Yeah. Sometimes, uh, whether Chicago style, it's like a pie or something. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, just Finland take, you know, um, I don't have any, what they, I, I do hear a lot of stuff here when I'm here about, you know, we're, we're, I think this is even humble. I think they know better. Right. But I do hear a lot of this talk. We're such a small country. We're, we're really not, you know, imported, but Finland, I think they know they they punch way above their class, right? They they have an outsized influence in the world, and the thing that I love is they're using that they're using that for good, right? They're out there doing a lot of good when it comes to the international community and multilaterals, uh, and 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 so um, you know don't 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 keep your secrets so much, Finland. Share with the rest <laughs> of us. Benefit yeah. from it, yeah. Share the wealth <laughs> of knowledge. Well, and they they are. It's good. Um, you know, the work life balance as an American. I don't know about you. Um, 
I had to slow down. Talk. Let's. I'm not being critical, but here's one thing I had to really adjust. And I told my successor this after you know we during her interview and and, and subsequent conversations. The one thing that I had to learn as an American, if a fin tells you they're going to do something, <clears throat> you can rest assured that it will happen. Mm-hmm. But the part for us as an American that's a challenge sometimes is that, at least for me, is that it will happen when it happens. You know, it won't happen sooner. It won't happen later necessarily <laughs> if, as if, they, if it's within their control. So that work five balance comes ringing through. Oftentimes there's there's uh, a lack of urgency sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I had to slow down because I was spending time trying to rush my staff, rush my team here, my Finnish colleagues. You know, we have to do this. We have to get this done really quickly. Well, it's better to just accept that it's and that's really good because uh, I've, I've learned to accept that, that things will happen. They will be done. Things will be done well, but they will be done on a schedule. On yeah. plan. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I think I've told people before, like, it's it's been quite a struggle to, like, I absolutely love the Finnish work culture, but I so often default back to my American ways, and I'm so used to mm. the sense of urgency for things, mm. and, uh, you know, like, sometimes I'll get, like, an email, and it'll come in the morning, and I, I'll reply to it in the afternoon, and I'll be like, I'm so sorry that it took me, like, four hours to get back to you. And then mm. some some people would be like, uh, one guy told me one time, he was like, you know, I usually, re- I usually take, like, a week to reply to an email, because, you know, I, I'll get to that when I get to it. It's kind of like, I put it on yeah. my list. And it's like, oh, I just feel like I have to be like, okay, this will be done later today. Don't worry. Mm. And I, I've had to sort of retrain my brain to take things slower and realize that you don't have to like kill yourself to get some work done because it's it's always mm. something that can wait, you know, and you don't want to mm. do anything to damage your own uh, mental health or anything. Uh, but but yeah, I mean, ultimately, it's been it's been nice to take a step back and to feel like you don't have to be thinking about work all the time. You know, you have your hours of the day that you're working, and that's when you think about work. But the rest of the time, you get to go and enjoy your life instead of it feeling like all you got to do is think about your meeting next the next morning or that project that you're you're trying to get done, um, mm. and you get stressed out about it, and then you're not enjoying the time that you have outside of work, you know? So it's, it's very easy to, to fall into that, uh, in, in the American work culture. Um, so definitely think that I'd like to see that transition for Americans to be able to not have so much pressure put upon them to, to, to make their entire life uh revolve around working uh because really we we would be a lot happier in america if we if we were able to really take time to enjoy what's going on around us like talking about not not only going outside and and getting into nature more but it's it's more than just being outside it's actually being able to allow yourself to connect with that Mm -hmm. nature and to to feel some kind of a, like bond to the to the planet, basically, you know, uh, yeah. 
you know, you have to take in the sights and the smells and the sounds that you're experiencing and appreciate mm. that you're going out there and you get to be some little part of this. And then also appreciate that if we were living thousand years ago or something, this would be where we were all the time. And we get to go inside and relax and have something to blow air conditioning when it's hot and heat when it's cold and everything's so much more simplified for us now. Um, and, you know, we can sit and watch TV and <laughs> play video games and things like that. But it's also good to to go back to our, our roots every once in a while. And then you sort of appreciate each other or each side that way um, to have mm. that, I guess, that balance. And maybe that's something that you found in the Chinese culture too, because I, I imagine that there's there's a sense of balance with nature and mind and spirit and and whatnot. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> well, you're <laughs> you're living in a city with 20 million people. Uh, there's <laughs> yeah. not a lot of there's not a lot of nature uh, that's not very very carefully controlled. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, in the Eastern philosophies, there is a definitely a, a yin and yang kind of balance in life. Uh, I, yeah, I'd have a hard time finding that. Maybe you know, going doing tai chi in a park is not it's not the same as what you're talking about. Um, but I that's that's really nice stuff. I mean, Matt. I mean, to talk about to think about that because I think you know, we are insulated from the natural world. And increasingly, technology is letting us to be insulated from each other and insulated from, you know, we're, we're creating for ourselves very kind of artificial and, and sometimes empty existences mm-hmm. that are that are that are fantasies. You know, they're not even real. You know, we're, we're living we're living in, in movies. We're living on the Internet and, and, and we're interacting with. Increasingly people who we don't, we don't know. We don't yeah. know anything about them. We may not even know what they look like. You know, this idea of this meta universe that, that, that Facebook's creating. I mean, I, I, I really, I don't want to sound like a, you know, I, I more and more understand my grandfather as I approach his, uh, his age when, <laughs> I, when I was young. And I don't want to be that old person who doesn't get it or doesn't end into the, the possibilities of new technology. But I really agree with what you just said, Matt, about it's a good reminder that we're part of something much bigger. It's a good, it's very humbling. It reminds you how small you are. You stand outside under, under, you know, the stars and in the cold, uh, on a, on a long, dark finished night and just listen to the wind. And, and it really does, um, kind of put you back where, like you said, maybe people always were, um, but increasingly aren't. So yeah, it's pretty deep, pretty deep stuff there, Matt. I like <laughs> it. Well, I understand that you are a fan of runenberry tarts. <laughs> so who, who makes the best ones? <laughs> yeah, who, who, who isn't a fan of those things? <laughs> For sure. Um, I mean, you know, part of that came from uh, that came from a recent trip uh, to Portovo, and I, I interviewed with the paper over there, and I do like those tarts, uh, but and but there are so many uh, yummy pastries and cakes all across this country, uh, so uh, 
nothing's better than a than a cup of coffee and uh, sitting in a cafe uh, here in Finland, especially on a on a, a nice spring day like we have today. Yeah, that's true. A lot of good food here. A lot of a lot of nice delicacies. That's for sure. So, well, you were mm. you were in Porvo. Uh, is that is that your favorite place in Finland? What's your favorite place? Where would you tell yeah, everyone well, they got to go? <laughs> I don't know if I'd tell anyone they have to go, but I really do like Porto. It's just simply a uh, proximity. I live on the east side of Helsinki, so it's super easy for me to to hop over there. Uh, you know, it's it's a long enough trip that you feel like you went somewhere, but mm-hmm. not so far as to, it's just an easy day trip. Uh, whether you go on a boat or the or, or drive or ever how you get there, and then I really like that little town. I mean, there's. Ah, there's so many towns like that in Finland, right? You're in Porty. Um, there's there's all these little places that are quaint and nice and um, and perfectly lovely. Um, but I do like in Porto that does have a good balance of um, of kind of the historic district where there are tourists and and that's that's nice and well preserved. Um, but it's also a real real place, you know, in so much that it's a real working. Yeah. city. Uh, and so there are people, locals going about their lives who aren't tied up in tourist industry or anything who are mm-hmm. just in, in, enjoying being there. And so I, I like that balance over there. Yeah. I don't think I've actually been to Porto myself yet, but it is very high on my list of places to go. I might even get a chance to go uh, later this year. So I'll, uh, okay. I'll be taking your recommendation into account as well. <laughs> Uh, but earlier we were talking about your your small town uh, blue collar upbringing, and 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 how you and your wife only had recently in the early two thousands been able to afford traveling and everything. And I I know you have a son, and he's been getting to grow up, you know, with this completely different exposure in his life. And what do you think are some of those benefits to him? growing up uh so differently than you well i mean i <clears throat> definitely his worldview's different the world's a smaller place for him um he doesn't think anything about going to the airport uh in fact even at, i mean at age 10 9 i was already starting to kind of rely on him to help guide me through big international airports mm-hmm. and so uh he's he's quite good at it and um you know he's he he's seen things that um that i only read about in in encyclopedias right uh when i was young uh, a lot of your listeners probably don't know what an encyclopedia <laughs> is but it's a big big book and uh and so i i hope that that's been good for him but you know that's his reality too that's yeah. just that's just what it that's just normal for him um so uh, I hope that it's been an overall benefit. I think that it will definitely better enable him through his life as far as being a little more international, having a good understanding of, of the world better than, than he would have had. Mm-hmm. There are draw, there are drawbacks. I mean, he sees his grandparents, you know, once a year, maybe twice a year. Um, you know, he's not around family. Um, he changes you know, friends often. So, um, for my son, that hasn't been too big of a problem. Uh, he, he, he seems to be rolling with it fine. 
Um, but that's a, a real challenge, especially for some some foreign service families. Yeah. Um, but it is is a very different um, upbringing and a, re, a reality, and it is something I think about quite often. You know, I went into school um, in the first grade, and I would say probably eighty percent of the people that I entered first grade with were there at my high school graduation. It was the same people, you know, and um, some of them are still back there. <laughs> you know, if I go back, they're still there. Mm-hmm. And now their kids, their kids are finishing school in the same school that we went to. There's a continuity, kind of a circle of life, kind of satisfaction to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I recognize, um, again, for me, I always had a wanderlust. I always wanted to I want to go, I want to experience as much as I can. Um, so I, it'll be interesting to see, you know, once he's an adult, uh, he's already made some uh, comments, you know, maybe he'd like to be in one place uh, when he grows up. So, uh, you know, it'd be interesting to see what choices he makes for himself. Yeah. But I do think that that, that that background, that experience, even if he chooses to settle down in one place, he'll have that, um, you know, he'll have that experience to draw from. Uh, the rest of his life. Great, great. Yeah. I, yeah, I would think that, you know, it, it would help him uh, just be very well rounded in how he thinks about other cultures and, and everything. And that could really be beneficial just to how he perceives the world, whether he stays in one place or not. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, things don't shock him, right? Right. So after, after being in, in, in China, if we were there for six years straight, um, so that's kind of the first place. He doesn't really remember Barbados. Uh, he was way too young. Um, but you know, when we got here to Finland and I guess it was the, ah, what time of the year it is when they have this, and I can't remember how to say it in Finnish Matt, but this, they have this loaves of bread that have, that are full of fish. So, you know, this loaf of bread that has fish baked into it, whole little fish. And, um, and we ran across that my first uh, year here, and my son didn't blink an eye. He's like, "I want some of that," <laughs> and, uh, I, and he loved it. He devoured it, and uh, and I think that I racked that up to his having eaten much more interesting things in uh, in China. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, earlier we were talking about how your your time here, unfortunately, is coming to an end soon. And you already know mm. that you're you're going to be going to Latvia, to Riga. Mm. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I guess what are what are your thoughts overall? Like, uh, you know, is this is this kind of a bittersweet thing, or are you looking forward to a new opportunity? And you're going to miss Finland, or yes, all of the above. So, I mean, I, I've got friends here that will that will miss, and um, and we've been quite comfortable here. This is not not a post where I'm counting down the days to when I leave, uh, you know. Not, uh, so I'm not eager to leave. I would absolutely stay uh, another year or so if I could. Um, but 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 absolutely looking forward to getting uh, to Riga. I feel very fortunate to have gotten that posting, uh, kind of staying in the neighborhood, um, and uh, and I've heard lots of lots of great things. Um, unfortunately, due to COVID, I haven't had the opportunity to travel. Uh, down to Latvia uh, during my time in Helsinki, um, but everything I hear is great. So that'll be um, basically the same job, 
but you know, with a country that has a different kind of different set of issues and different, um, you know, a different relationship, they're a NATO member. And, um, and so, you know, some of the, some similar things, good, you know, working on security issues, working on, you know, so also a country that has a strong connection with the U S lots of Latvian Americans, just like there's lots of Finnish Americans. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, uh, you know, a different history, a different culture and, um, and should be, should be, should be a great tour. Uh, I am looking forward to, to getting there. Well, I guess you also, it won't be too hard mm-hmm. to come back to, uh, visit Finland, uh, from being in Latvia. So, so, uh, you yeah, hope not. hopefully get to have that yeah. opportunity as well. All right. Yeah. Well, is there anything else you'd like to share? We've, we've been talking for a really long time and it's been a great conversation. Man, I really enjoyed talking to you. And if you, um, I really appreciate the opportunity, uh, to connect with your listeners. Um, and I would just encourage anyone who has the opportunity to drop by the U.S. Embassy, uh, you know, send, send us an email, go to our website, um, uh, check out our social media. Uh, we are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And, uh, you know, come see us. Yeah, it's it's a good social media, too, because they always uh, let you know everything that's going on, even their uh, job postings and everything are all in there so i i often retweet or not retweet share them as a story <laughs> well my, my social media person is top notch she's really good and uh she she does a, a good job of, of of keeping us relevant i think all right well that, yeah i definitely check it out uh let's see it's it's u.s embassy finland is that what it is the the Instagram and yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's just a quick Google away. Uh, yeah. 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 You can find, find you can it, just yeah. go to, go to the webpage and then I think the links to all the social medias are on there. So it's probably the easiest. Absolutely. Yeah. And for, I mean, uh, the embassy website's a good place for any Americans, especially living here, um, to follow for consular information, information for American citizens. So yeah. There's actually a newsletter that you can sign up for yeah. too. So that way, uh, especially if there's an emergency going on, you'll you'll get all the alerts right away. So that's very good to have. Yeah, there's something called the STEP program. I'm sure you're familiar with it, but um, you know, it's it's not required. You may you may have noticed in the in the in the media um, some reporters asking questions in the recent weeks, like how many Americans are in Ukraine? How many Americans are? And and our government doesn't track our citizens, right? You're free to travel wherever we're not, no one's watching and keeping up of where you are. That being said, um, our consular colleagues do have a step program, S T E P, uh, at state.gov. And you can go in and reg- register there so that the embassy or consulate knows you're in country. And so the, the, that's not a bad idea. I do it when I travel, if I'm on, on leave and I'm traveling someplace, just in, in the unlikely uh, event that there is a a disaster or an emergency situation, uh, the consulate or embassy knows, hey, this person is here somewhere in this country. Yeah, that is a good idea. My consular colleagues would be happy I added that at the end of, the, <laughs> of this conversation. All right. Well, thanks again so much for for talking to us. And, you know, I I wish you all the best uh, going forward to your next uh, tour. 
And yeah, thanks again. Yeah, thank you, Matt. And uh, hopefully I'll get up to Porty before I leave. And uh, and when I do, I'll... Yeah, absolutely. Let me know if you're going to be in the area and I'll, I'll be happy to meet up with you. Great idea. All right. Thanks, man. Okay. Hey, hey. Hey, hey. Thank you for listening. You can subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Apple or Google Podcasts, and other podcast providers. For more information, follow our Instagram at mastering.finland.podcast, subscribe to our monthly newsletter, and keep an eye on our website masteringfinland.com. Have a nice day, and good luck with your own Mastering Finland story. Bye!